and welcome to Youth View, a podcast by Skilled Creative. Each week, a different crew of Year 11 and 12 entertainment students from New South Wales take over the studio. Subscribe and listen in as we interview youth advocates, sporting icons and artists. We share stories that have shaped our lives and views on current issues. Youth View, a podcast by Skilled Creative. Hi, my name's Ethan. Welcome to Youth View, a podcast by Skilled Creative. This week on Youth View, Diagnosis No, a look into youth diagnoses including life on the spectrum, ADHD, OCD and depression. This week's episode is called Diagnosis No. How parents should handle youths with diagnoses. How much of an impact a diagnosis or impairment may have. How to appropriately discuss a diagnosis or impairment with friends and family. School and having a diagnosis, how they work together. And we share brief stories about these topics. So Ethan, tell us about a situation in which someone didn't believe your diagnosis and what is your diagnosis? Well, my diagnosis is ADD. So there's ADHD and ADD. ADHD is more the aggressive side. ADD is more the hyperactive side. And with my hyperactivity in school, I can't really focus. And when teachers talk for long periods, I would zone out and it wouldn't be my fault. And a lot of teachers would have a goal at me. What I would do is I would draw or write in my diary and a lot of teachers would take my book yeah, uh, a lot of teachers, I feel, they they try and mean well, but they have to be cautious of what they're going to say yeah. in situations like that because it can make people feel uncomfortable. I mean, for kids and or youth, I would think that if it's not dealt with properly by like psychologists and therapists and parents and other kids, I think it can get worse over time and that it's very hard to come back from that. It, it is like um, personal experience. I've been dealing with my OCD for a while. I did talk to my therapist last night, um, and I can see from myself that at some points it can fluctuate and it can get worse over time. Uh, and once it does get worse, it's really hard to bounce back from that without um, a therapist to help or a doctor. Um, and obviously, you don't want to have to get to the point where you may need. Uh, medication that will seriously affect you um like with you i know you take ritalin ritalin uh, and you did say that it does have an impact on you yes that's why now i take it once every two days so that it doesn't have a full effect and yeah sometimes when i was younger and i'd miss it some days it would like give me migraines and stuff so that's yeah. why we've also cut back now yeah and it's it's like that with uh most medication for this sort of stuff because it doesn't like straight away target that it can help. Uh, but at the end of the day, too much medication is not going to help you. And it's really important just to have someone to talk to so that you can overcome something like that and learn how to deal with it. I reckon so, yeah. Uh, we're joined by Angus Hamill here today. Um, we're going to ask him some questions. Uh, Angus, how old were you when you found out you had a diagnosis and how did it impact your life? 
well, thank you for having me first and foremost. Uh, pleasure to be here. Um, I got diagnosed. It took a while for me to get the actual diagnosis, but my parents always knew that there was something different about me. Like from the moment I could talk, I just had this thing where I would just say numbers all the time. And when they took me up and down the street in my stroller, in my pram, um, every house we walked past, I would say the number of it, like 54, 56, 58, like that. And if the house didn't have a number on the letterbox or I couldn't see the number, I kind of freaked out and had a little bit of a meltdown. So they kind of knew straight away that there was something different about me, but I didn't actually get a proper Asperger's syndrome as it was known back then. It's called ASD now. I didn't get a proper diagnosis until I was just about to start kindergarten. So I was about six years old when I was diagnosed with ASD. Uh, did your ASD lead you down a path that you wanted to go in life? Well, yeah. Um, like I said, I was always different in school and it kind of took me a while to sort of fit in properly. But um, luckily I had aspect pretty early on in my education. Uh, they were kind of like establishing themselves around the coast at the time when I was in primary school. Um, but the aspect unit actually came to my primary school for the first time when I was in year three. Uh, this was St. Mary's Tukley. And I enrolled as part of the aspect unit in year four. So while I was a little bit impaired, I would say, in the social aspect. I was really lucky to have all those te teachers' aides kind of guide me through school. And I'd say if it wasn't for them, I'd be a little bit more lost when it comes to figuring out what I'm here for, what I want to do, and sort of the things I'm passionate about. Being on the spectrum, did you think that it would change your future goals? As long as your head is in the right place, Nothing can really stop you. Of course, you'll always have those doubts that you're um, you're not in the right place. You kind of feel as though you are kind of too autistic for a situation, if that makes sense. Like I have these situations a lot, especially when I'm doing an announcing gig where I have to talk to someone or I have to be in a room full of people. I'm okay with announcing to a group of people, being up on stage and kind of talking at them. But when it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation and I don't know where the conversation is going, I still kind of get the feeling of anxiety, like uncertainty, like I'm not sure what to say next or I'm not sure what to do in that social situation. And that is something that any autistic person will go through as they get older. There will always be another social situation that you won't expect. But really, um, the more you get out there and socialise, the better at it you'll become. And yeah, it might be tough sometimes because, you know, autism, you're not the best socially, but um, it may be tough, but you'll get there. And as long as you push through it and get the experience, then you'll be fantastic. How would you handle a social, like a social situation like that? Um, well, nowadays I, I, I do get anxious, but I kind of got to give credit to doing drama in high school um, to kind of act normal and I say that with quotation marks because nothing is normal. Um, it's a thing that a lot of autistic people do uh, called masking where they kind of act like a regular person when they're in a social situation and I don't know about you guys but masking can get very exhausting because you're almost exact you're almost acting like a different person entirely. Then at the same time I hear a lot of people say masking is not ideal in in the sense that 
you're kind of acting like a different person and you should just be yourself. But when you're being your full autistic self, it can be a bit more difficult to be in those social situations. So um, while it might not be the best solution, I mask a lot when I'm talking to people, but when I'm around people, I trust who know me inside and out, like my close friends. Uh, you can just let loose and be yourself around them. But yeah, it's kind of a subconscious thing that a lot of autistic people do mask around people they're just meeting for the first time or people they're not really comfortable with or a social situation. Uh, how did it impact your day-to-day -day life? Well, it was tougher in primary school for me because I, even now I'm still struggling to kind of understand what the world is like, um, especially in social situations like that. I struggle to understand people on a personal level. And I'd say the biggest impact that autism has on me in my day-to-day -day life is not knowing how to react or respond in certain social situations that might be a bit crucial when it comes to reacting the right way. Like for example, um, when you're at a funeral, like your, your friend's family member just died and you're there to pay your respects or a family member that you weren't really close to just died and you got to pay your respects. It's hard for people on the spectrum like me to kind of feel that empathy and sympathy when it doesn't really affect you as badly as it affects other people. So the most difficult thing um, in day-to-day -day life is to kind of be empathetic towards people in a situation that you don't really understand. That's like a big fallback for me when I'm comforting someone. I feel like a lot of the time I kind of come off as disingenuous and kind of sarcastic with the way I treat them. And I don't want to be like that way at all because I genuinely want to make them feel better and comfort them. But the thing that's tough is it's really hard to kind of express those emotions genu genuinely um, when you're not really feeling that way. So empathy is definitely a big obstacle in day-to-day -day life for me. But apart from that, thanks to all the support I've had from Aspect and the therapy I've received over the years, everything is a lot easier than it used to be. But like I said, I still find myself in situations like that that are a bit hard to kind of cope with, deal with, kind of get your head around. Um, but most of the time, touch wood, <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, what is your advice to youth on the spectrum? Well, the only advice I would give you is um, back back in the day, back when I was in primary school, I used to be a little bit of a, a bad kid, a bit of a wild child, as they say, um, because I was kind of against having that extra care. I thought I didn't need it. Uh, looking back now, I did definitely need it, but I was like against, I was rebelling against my teachers all the time and my teacher's aides. And I was just kind of like, oh, why do I need them? Why are they on my case all the time sort of thing? But looking back, it was really beneficial to have that extra support. And the only advice I would really give to youth who have been diagnosed on the spectrum or youth that think they could be on the spectrum that haven't quite been diagnosed yet is to just take it easy. These people around you are only here to help and support you. Once you realize that the thing you are obsessed with, the thing that you're 100% invested and interested in, you could make a career out of it, then I suggest follow that 100% because if you're good at it and you're passionate about it, then nothing will stop you. Uh, this is gonna have to be the last question, but do you think there's a stigma around being autistic? Um, what sort of stigma? A negative one? Well, yeah. Um, 
actually, it's a shame to, to think about it that way, but yeah, I think there is because there's this, the va- for example, a massive example, the vaccine debate happening in America, um, especially it's happening all around the world, but especially in America about how vaccines cause autism. And a lot of people are saying that uh, no child of mine is going to get vaccines because I don't want them to be autistic. And it's just heartbreaking to know that these families that are like this would rather their son or daughter die from a common cold or a flu or coronavirus rather than giving them the right vaccine and having a possibility, which is no possibility, by the way, of them being on the spectrum after they've been vaccinated. I think the, the majority is sort of a positive reception to people on the spectrum. I know for a fact that a lot of scientists and doctors and even people on the spectrum are still learning new things about um, ASD every single day. Uh, I know I am, that's for sure. And it's still kind of like a, a neurological disorder that everyone's still sort of learning about and kind of um, trying to get more information about. So it's 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 kind of a weird stigma because it is a positive thing for the most part and we know there's solutions, we know there's therapy, we know there's um, success stories for people on the spectrum like um, Owl City, for example, or um, Sir Anthony Hopkins, they're both on the spectrum and they've had wonderful lives and wonderful careers because they fixated on something and they stuck with it and they turned it into a passion and they turned it into a career. So I reckon while the stigma for autism is slightly negative for the most part now, I reckon as people get more understanding over the years for autism and how it works and how people on the spectrum work, I reckon it will be harmonious and everyone will see it in a positive way and possibly see people on the spectrum as just other regular people before too long. And that will be great. Uh, Well, thank you for joining us. No worries. So that was Angus Hamill talking about his journey and his life on the spectrum. Now we'll be having a little bit more of a discussion about Diagnosis Now. So, Ethan, how do you think youths feel when adults don't believe this sort of stuff? Well, in most cases, it's very serious and it can damage that kid for a very long time. Yeah, it's um, it's painful, to be honest. Um, if a trusted adult or someone you may trust, particularly parents, um, if they don't believe you, uh, just because you're putting your trust in someone to help you with that. Um, and it, it really does help to have support, especially from a trusted adult that's close to you, like someone in your family or a trusted teacher. It really does make you feel bad when, you know, you trust this person, you love this person, you care about them, and they don't believe something that you're struggling with. And here is Jake with his small but significant story. Hi, my name is Jake, I'm 17 years of age and this is a small but significant part of my journey. It was 2019, there I was, sitting and waiting for my name to be called to come to the stage. My heart started beating a little bit faster. Me, 
Jake Young performing a song I wrote at the big gala event. But before I tell you more, I best take you back to the start of this story. Music has been a big part of my life for as long as I can remember. In my childhood, there was the sounds of pop and rock music on my parents' old radio. As we travelled around and I sat in the back seat, staring out the window and letting the sound flow around me. I didn't understand music theory back then, but I knew the music made me feel good. I bought my first guitar when I was 14. Dad and I walked into the music store and I purchased a Monterey Stratocaster. I was hooked straight away. I started by learning some pretty hard bar chords and lead parts. I found teaching myself a bit limiting, so I met a guitar teacher and he took me back to the basics. I guess you have to learn to walk before you run. I began to improve uh, and one morning my teachers asked me if I would like to write a song to perform at the big gala coming up. My teacher's aide at the time was a songwriter and guitarist, so we started working on the song straight away. It took about a month to complete and we were ready for the big event. So I guess that brings us to where I left you before about to hit the stage. My nerves started to calm as I put my guitar on and plugged into the amp. Silence came over the crowd and I introduced myself and the song. Hi, my name is Jake and we're gonna be performing We Met in the Middle. People clapped and I launched into it. We had a bit of a false start because of a technical difficulty. Oh, sorry, I'm going to have to start that again. But that didn't matter. We just started again and this time we played it the best we ever played it. The crowd clapped and I could feel that I had done my best. I received some great feedback in person and on social media for my performance and it has given me the confidence to pursue songwriting and my music. So start something small and build up from there and don't be too hard on yourself when learning the basics of something new. Thanks for listening to my important and significant story. Thanks for listening to You Few, a podcast by Skilled Creative. This week's guest was Angus Hamill from Coast FM 963. Our hosts were Hudson and Ethan with My Story and Audio Engineering by Jake. For more information about the show and to follow our future shows, go to skilledcreative.org.